Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Bars of Mars. In this episode, I chat to John John Clark, who is an Ethereum enthusiast and really one of the smartest guys working at the forefront of the Ethereum network. So in this episode, we're really going to explore a little bit about what's going on in Ethereum at the moment, some of the cooler projects. We take a little bit of a dive into John John's particular project at the moment called Wildcards. And... Um, yeah, we, we ramble through a couple of other topics along the way. I hope you find it interesting. I hope you learn something. And um, please don't forget to share, like, and um, and send it around to all your friends. So this evening, I've got a very, very special guest who happens to be a, a good friend of mine and um, an amazing mind. So welcome to John John Clark. John, John, great to have you on. Hey, Marlo. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And so great to be chatting to Marlo. And I tell you, every time Marlo buzzes me up, Marlo's got the the most insane ideas. I absolutely love them. So it's it's always great chatting to you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, I'm glad we're finally recording one of these calls. Absolutely. absolutely. I I think we've got a a lot to explore over over a very long period of time. Um, Yeah. But hopefully we're going to keep this one to half an hour because just um, a, bit Sounds of good. a bit of feedback from the first, the first episode that, um, that the Bars of Mars released. An hour was way too long. There was too much swearing and um, it was way too all over the place. So this time there's going to be a couple of, a couple of um, improvements and hopefully, hopefully we, can, we can stick to the timeline. But I think, I think um, just, to, just to sort of int- introduce where, where I'd like to take this. So, so the the bars of Mars um, is is a podcast just really exploring the things that I'm interested in, the things that I'm passionate about, with people that are are really really knowledgeable and extremely passionate in very specific fields that know a hell of a lot more than I do, and can give um, you know the listeners a really really good insights onto onto some amazing things that are to come in the future. So, just a little bit of an intro for for you, John John, and I'll let you I'll let you sort of take over here. Um, but you know, you you really you really deep into the into the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, you know, I, I think I think from from what I've heard and and the people that I've spoke to, I've heard your name being thrown around um, more and more. Just with regards to if there's a guy who knows what's cracking in Ethereum, it's John John. So, you know, you've you've been you've been the CTO of Lima, Lima Capital. You were head of technology at Stacker. Um, you know, you now you've now started wildcards, and you're really putting a huge amount of time into wildcards, which we will get into later. Um, and you know, you've you've spoken at the Ethereum the Ethereum um, gathering in in Paris. You know, I've seen your videos on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I'd, yeah. Any any other any other comments in terms of where you've come from and what you've what you've been doing? For sure, I'll give you a little quick summary. So I think when I left school, like most people, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I went to varsity and I ended up studying something pretty different just because it was something to study. And, and along along that route, I happened to take a computer science course. And I was really fascinated when I took that course. It seemed like quite a vibe. I think the first few weeks, I, I was very confused and I thought it was pretty pretty silly. And I always had in my mind that computer science was 
you know, how do you reboot a computer that doesn't work? Or like, how do you wipe out viruses? <laughs> and I very quickly nice. and happily learned that that's not what it's actually about. So after that, I, I sort of made a switch to computer science. And that's okay. where I spent a lot of my time. And I did my degree in that. Um, yeah, I followed on and did, awesome. a, did a master's sort of in data science, computer science. And I kept on that path. And yeah, how I got into Ethereum um, me and a couple of friends who I actually met while I was studying, uh, we started doing hackathons together. And for those of you who don't know much about hackathons, they are an incredible amount of fun. It's essentially like this weekend that's generally organized by uh, maybe some company or, or something like that. And this mm. weekend consists of you and a, a group of friends, generally maybe like three or four of you. And it's essentially runs from Friday evening till Sunday afternoon. And it's basically just like you given this weekend, why don't you just try build something super cool? Like what's, what's the craziest idea you have? Perfect. Awesome. Just, just try build it. I guess a lot of like the stuff when me and you phone each yeah. other and we talk about these mad ideas, this is an opportunity for you to like actually build them. Awesome. Okay. John, so, I, yeah. No, I was going to say, I'd love to, so a later, a little bit later, I'd love to dig into some of the most interesting projects that you've come across, but we'll, we'll touch on that. Cool. So I think just to, just to start off firstly, how's Corona been? Sure. Um, uh, Corona has been, and, and work yeah. So I, I think personally, Surviving. I think like maybe many of us, I'm, I'm surviving, but you know, I, I never thought it'd be of this magnitude. And it was one yeah. of those things that just kept on slowly creeping until it's eventually like, okay, this is actually quite a big thing. Yeah. I, I left Europe just before it finished. I mean, uh, just before it started, like yeah. three days before all the airports got shut down. And now I'm, I'm in Johannesburg. And, you know, I'm fortunate that in Johannesburg, we have gardens and, you know, there's a lot more space than if I was stuck in Europe. So from mm. that side, good. Absolutely. And then quickly on the, the, the work side, you know, work is for us remote anyways, yes. for a small band of coders. Um, so not, not much has changed on that yeah. front. No, cool. I mean, that's, that's what I was expecting. And I, and I think, I think it's, it's an interesting thing to see what work in in the current day and age is affected by by this massive drastic change and what work actually isn't at all for sure yeah. potentially even potentially you know i mean some work could be remote um you know remote focused work has even increased in productivity you know the people that are actually you know, working from home are saving an hour and a half you know sitting in traffic yeah, I mean, um, if, it's, it's, it's it's very true. Yeah, my brother works in a very, I would say, previously maybe non-remote job. He used to travel between London and Cape Town, you know, every month. And all of that's come to a big standstill. And yeah, he's been, I guess, just as productive to a large Absolutely. extent. So definitely going to shift the work culture, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. John, John let's dive into the most important thing. What let's do what it. You, let's, let's do it. Let's get it done. Okay. What are you passionate about? Like what, what is, what is taking you on, on this path through technology is, is what, what, what is it that you are? Yeah. Um, so I would say I enjoy, I quite enjoy intellectual things and that ranges from a number of interests. So like, man, I love chess. Mm. Eh? Like I'm a bit of a chess. Oh, really? I'm pretty bad to be honest, but I enjoy playing and chess and like, you know, figuring out yeah. like 
ways to position yourself such that later down in the line, you're in a good position. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, most things in life are a bit like chess and stuff, you know, you, you can think quite analytically about things. So I guess that, that's something I'm passionate about. So it would be, it would be solving problems is the awesome. one big part. Yeah. So I think day to day, a lot of what I do in code is, okay, ah, uh, you know, I need to get this thing working so that person will be able to access all of these values and easily show this. And how can I design the system so it does it quickly, efficiently, it's reliable, yep. you know, and it's like those things you sit back in my chair, I drink my cup of coffee and I enjoy, you know, pontificating on like, <laughs> whoa, what's the best way to do this? So I dig that. Awesome. And then my second, awesome. my second passion uh, besides the, you know, problem solving part would yeah. be teaching for sure. I, I've a really okay. soft spot for, for teaching. Um, oh, I've done it for, for, for quite a while. And that's something that I, I really want to get back into. And yeah, lastly, it would have to be conservation. And that's, I guess the, okay. the point of wildcards, which we'll get onto yeah. at a later point. Absolutely. Awesome. That's um, well, that's it's super, it's super interesting to hear that. Cause I, I, I know we've we've gone down many rabbit holes, but I don't think I've ever heard you tell me those things. So that's um that's fantastic. There we go. I'm a man of surprises. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So I think now would probably be a good time to actually take a little look into into what you're currently doing, um, which is wildcards. So for sure, could you could you just tell us what what is what is wildcards? What is it? So Wildcards is all about raising funding for animal conservation, number one. And it's doing that through a gamified and social experience, a unique experience, I guess, that doesn't exist yet. So, okay. you know, for the, large, for the large majority of conservation organizations that exist around the world, they are very good at saving animals, but perhaps their strong point is not you know, building websites and creating an, a, an efficient system to be able to capture and draw in people to actually help their cause and raise funding. So 100%. we've essentially, on top of Ethereum at the standpoint, built this platform that we think is engaging, it's fun, um, it's got a lot of cool and unique aspects to it, um, it's transparent, and it allows anyone to come on anywhere around the world and look at a number of different organizations around the world and feel like they have a, a real direct relationship with those organizations and support them in a number of different ways. Amazing. Amazing. So I, you know, I realized you were just something I noticed while you explained that you, you really didn't mention the tech side of it once, um, which is, yeah, which is, for sure. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's, the it's, tech it's, side is what yeah. trips people up. Exactly. That's, that's the exciting part. So I'll get to that now. Let's, <laughs> let's dive in on the tech. So what is the so tech? Yeah, I guess so this is the, the tech is really what wild cards is, but um, it's super cool. Um, I'll, like, it, I guess it's, that, awesome. it's awesome. <laughs> so m many of you might be aware of something called a, a non-fungible token. And essentially, if we take a step back, you'll, you will have heard that Ethereum is a blockchain, just like Bitcoin or any other blockchain. But really why we get so excited, me and my developer friends and everyone about Ethereum is Ethereum really gives developers the tools to be able to, to write a lot of code and interact with the blockchain and, and deploy what we call smart contracts on 
to the blockchain. So instead of, you know, Bitcoin is largely a payments network yeah. or, you know, it's just peer-to-peer transfer of funds. It's, it's maybe not so flexible and dynamic, whereas Ethereum allows you to do, you know, a bunch of really cool things. You could design a system of a lottery where everyone sends money into an address and, you know, one person randomly gets selected and receives all the money. There's like the, yeah. the possibilities yeah. are endless. So that's what we are doing with Ethereum. And there's something called a non-fungible token. So a fungible token is like Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything else where your Bitcoin is exactly the same as my Bitcoin. They're fungible, uh, like they, they're not um, distinguishable, you know, yes. everyone's Every, the every same. Whereas non-fungible yeah. means, you know, it's unique, which is, which is really the standpoint. And if you have a non-fungible token, it's this unique digital asset that only you own, but you have the ability to, on this blockchain network, Ethereum, easily, you know, send it around anywhere. So we we get in, yeah that's we we get an organization concept. such as let's say Pangolin Africa an organization doing great work with Pangolins in Africa we onboard them and we get them to quote unquote list a bunch of Pangolin animals as non fungible tokens on our network so they're like these little caricatures yes. um, these little digital assets and these pangolins then will will essentially be um, traded in our network and this will raise money for that conservation but that's not where that's, it ends yeah. so no, yeah, cool. <laughs> so Take so, us through. so here we go here's how it actually works <laughs> so <laughs> in, oh. in 2018 um some awesome guys uh glenn Weil, um released a book called radical economics and this book i must say it's it's a really fascinating book and it looks at what ways can we tackle a lot of society's problems and it proposes a lot of radical economics aka mechanisms that maybe seem very radical but you know nothing has maybe worked so well so far so let's try propose some insane things and we were actually in Switzerland and we did a lecture alongside him on our work, but it was, it was really fascinating to implement his work. And we did that on the Ethereum blockchain. And that's, that's a concept of having always for sale digital assets. Okay. Um, so this, this, this basically starts off with the concept of imagine every asset you own is always on sale. <laughs> so Marlo, what, do, what, what does that sound like? What would your description of an always for sale asset be? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, it, it, I think it'll be something that you you own for only all the time until someone else is willing to pay more for it than you are. Yeah, you nailed it literally on the head. So that's exactly what it is. If an asset, <laughs> I mean, no, is, always, if an asset is always for sale, whenever you buy this asset, you have to set a selling price for it, which means anyone at any point in time can come buy this asset from you at that selling price, right? Yep. That way it's always for sale. This asset's always got a selling price. So in this way, we have assets that are always for sale, but there's one big problem we need to address right now. So now you're thinking, okay, why, firstly, why would I put my assets always on sale? And secondly, if my asset was always on sale, I'm going to make the price of my MacBook $10 trillion because I don't want anyone <laughs> buying that from me. Yeah. And then no one's going to buy it yeah. from me. And then this whole game is pointless. But 
how it works with these always for, always for sale assets is there's something called a harbinger tax rate. And what that means is you set the price of your asset, but you have to pay a percentage of whatever selling price you set for that asset. So if you set the price of yeah. your MacBook at $100 and you're paying 10% per month, you're paying $10 a month to actually hold and custody that yeah. asset. And yeah. it's a long story, but the whole idea is that this promotes a lot more um, efficient and fair markets because in that way, people are only going to hold on to assets that they really want because they have to pay a percentage in order to hold on to that asset. Right. So they're not going to accumulate all these unwanted assets. But at the same time, it's also capitalist as if you have the most um, money, you'll be able to pay the most and still get the assets you want. And you'll be able to pay the most to keep I'm them. Working. So it's supposed to strike this like interesting, interesting hmm. balance. That's Sorry, that was a bit of a rant. No, no, so, no. so amazing. Last, last thing, literally last thing now, this is how wild cards work. Basically, the whole point of that is these wild cards, which represent animals from organizations around the yes. world, these wild cards are always for sale digital assets. Okay. That means anyone at any point in time can trade them. And this percentage per month, this harbinger tax that you yes. pay to custody the asset and be the guardian of this pangolin, that goes direct to the conservation organization. That's amazing. And that's essentially the tech behind John, John. it. Absolutely amazing. It just, just to, just to sort of clarify it. So, I mean, basically, you you are providing people and entities and businesses with the opportunity to almost pass the pass the, the, the flag to someone else. So, let's just say let's just say Deloitte came along to you and they said, Wildcards, we want we want to be um, the company that that holds the Pangolin token. So we want we want the Pangolin NFT. Yeah. And and while they're doing that. They they obviously are paying they're paying this um this tax through that through the harbor harbor harburgers tax harburger tax yeah they're perfect. paying this tax that's it that'll then that'll then accumulate to this to this fund and then they're like okay cool we we happy um with selling it at this price and then liberty or discovery comes along and they're like cool we like we want the pangolin now and then they, exactly they can, they can and, sort of and continue the continue yeah. the process so really it's it's like a continuous funding mechanism. It's literally a per second continuous funding mechanism. So as we've had this chat for the last 20 minutes, money has been slowly dripping to our five conservation partners that we have so far from yeah, a number of different guardians who are continuously paying this, this money to these organizations. Wow. So again, the idea of that as well is, you know, donations are often once-off events. It's like do it and forget about it. But this is a way to almost like a subscription mechanism to continually fund a cause and, and really draw yeah. someone in and make someone be passionate about it. So it's about redesigning that experience and seeing how we can perhaps create it a bit more um, in a bit more fun and engaging way. Well, John, John, uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm blown away by what you've built and I think it's absolutely incredible. You, you're on the cutting edge of technology. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you're it. you're doing... You're doing amazing things. This is this is this is amazing. Okay, one. one yeah. So I was you. talking. Yeah, go for it. One question for you. Give me the question. So, so I, I've I've had a look at wild cards, um, and I see that the most recent edition is a is a little wild card called Glenn. So Glenn is a, a dragon. Yes. And yes. And Glenn's value That's is correct. three Ethereum. So 
in, in dollar terms, that's about yes. 630 odd dollars, plus minus. Yes, that's correct. And before that, he was actually, he was sold at, he was first sold at about, I think, $100, then $400. Then he was sold at $500. And yeah, now his price is sitting at $600. Amazing. So that's, that's what I wanted to ask. You know, what, what, is, what is the value of these things? What has the feedback been around, you know, the, the, amount, the amount of, um, of people interested and, and the amount of funds that you actually are raising? Yeah, so that's a great question. So first off, I should note, you know, this is this is one big experiment as well. There's no one else that we know who's live on the Ethereum mainnet or in any network in the world that actually has these always for sale digital assets, you know, implemented. So things like the harbinger tax rates and the mechanisms, that's all stuff we are learning a lot about and we actually don't have the answers on it. There's no cool. research on it. There's no textbooks. It's all us just, you know, like you playing around with it, playing with early users, you know, seeing what they say. So I must say we, we really, we don't have all the answers at all. For now, it's just well, figuring it out. But I can say, you know, the, the value is um, you have this interesting ecosystem of, collectibles patronage and profits it's it's fascinating you have people who who giving money away to these causation to this asset and that's what brings they have a user profile and this profile exactly um you know how long they've been the guardian for this animal it shows badges <laughs> such as you know a streak if they've if they've held this animal for 50 days it shows their total givings shows yeah. their distributions across different organizations awesome. so i think there's a lot of um a patronage at play collectibles too i mean we have a, a large range of animals and it fascinates people to be able to collect these animals and social is then what I would say another big one. So so everything is very integrated with Twitter. And I would say for now, our target market yes. consists of many people who find themselves on Twitter. So we've built a, a Twitter bot, essentially. And your profile is essentially your Twitter handle and your Ethereum public address. If you don't know what Ethereum public address is, don't worry, it doesn't matter. Just think of it as your your profile is your Twitter handle. And that means any interaction yes. in our system sort of gets broadcast to a large extent through Twitter. And a lot of it also becomes a social game. You know, we have our, our, our Twitter bot That's tweeting awesome. every week who the biggest contributors were. Whenever someone buys or sells or buys a wild card, you know, that action comes through Twitter. So I would say to a large extent, that's a lot of it. And then I guess finally... I guess it's people being part of this ecosystem that's never existed before. So the value to them is I'm doing something great um, as in, you know, giving monies to all these organizations around the world. And also I'm participating in something cool. You know, I like the idea. It exists nowhere else in the world. So, you know, I Absolutely. want to support it. It's, it's fun and it's fascinating. Well, I, I, I'm actually looking at the website right now and, and we'll we'll include a link in the in the bio of this of this podcast. But it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wildcards.world. And um, I think people I think people will enjoy enjoy the names that you've got. You've got Vitalik, you've got um, yeah. Santler. Then there's a, there was a couple. Glenn, Simon, Lala, 
Aruma, Verona. Yeah, there's some. Where'd you Where'd you come up with the names? Yeah, the, the names. Yeah. So some of the names are are names cool. of animals. Like Nonclantla is the. Oh, that's awesome. Closely, and funds raised go towards his research efforts into um, that specific population. So that's you know that that's where some names come from, and other names of of creatures yeah. that don't exist come from, you know, people who've influenced our journey. So Vitalik was the judge of this hackathon where we created wildcards and we ended up winning, um, winning that hackathon. So that's where I guess the name Vitalik comes from. And yeah. Epic. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, I was, I was going to actually, I was going to segue into, into a quote by Steve Jobs when, when you were talking about, um, you were talking about how how the you know you're sort of paving the way and you're not really sure what you're doing and if it's the if it's the right thing but you're gathering the user feedback and sort of you know moving moving forward and, exactly, and iterating as yeah. you go. Um, but I, I'd like yeah. So I'll actually I'll, I'll basically I was supposed to start with this. <laughs> I forgot. Um, but I was supposed to start with this quote anyway. We'll throw it in here. Um, you can't connect you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only sure. connect them. Sure. No, it's pretty powerful, hey. And I think it's such a it's a powerful quote. It's a powerful quote, especially especially in this in this sort of space. Because, I mean, really, what you're doing is is so is so cutting edge. It's it's so experimental, but it is very very potentially fundamentally groundbreaking. You know, you know across across economies, um, and and just the way the way that people the way that people interact, um, you know, with 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 organizations with um, geez. Like obviously, in your case, in your case, conservation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'll get. I'll no, get that's a bit lost. that's fantastic, but, um... man. And, but <laughs> I think we need to we need to give some credit to you, Marlo, because half of the good ideas I have, I mean, I'm on the phone with you, and you you come up with them. I mean, Marlo's had some no. some really good ideas, and one of them I want to. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Appreciate too much that. because otherwise Marlo might kick me off. This is maybe the billion dollar idea, well, but. Um, a really, really cool way to to influence company culture in a holistic way and a service to actually do that. Mm. And there's a number of fascinating mechanisms you can you can do to actually bring that about. And one of them is, you know, making sure your employees get good sleep, which Marlo pointed out. And like it never occurred to me, but I mean, you don't want to micromanage your employees. Like if you Mm. if you sleep less than five hours, you know, you get lower pay. But to some extent, you know, things like that can be incentivized. And I think that is flipping yeah, awesome, Marlo. I mean, that, that yeah. idea was insane. And, oh, and you know what? Marlo um, sent me, <laughs> he no, was wearing, so he wears this <laughs> ring. I think he should tell us a bit more about this, Nana. But this thing is like, I don't know, it, it makes me a bit scared. It's like the future of the world. It, it tracks everything. Hey, Marlo. We are back in. We are back in. Cool. Sorry, guys. What I was saying is, <laughs> no I you got my rant on Bluetooth, but yeah, never trust Bluetooth. That's, that's oh, my... I didn't passion. actually get that. No, yeah, I, I, I missed basically that. No, just, I... I just had a massive rant on the fact that, you know, if you have two Bluetooth devices around and your headphones are paired to both of them, yes. playing with fire because that, that, that never works. Um, 
Anyways. In terms of what? It, it, just in terms of like being bad for oh, your health? Or... I no, no, no. Sorry, not in terms of being bad for oh, health. Oh, just oh. like if you get a notification through one, sometimes one Bluetooth supersedes the other, kicks you off the other one. Oh, and see, my my Spotify just started randomly playing through my headphones. Um, no stress. Um, but what I was <laughs> no. saying is Marlo's resting Hope heart rate. I don't. I think he might be a zombie. I don't even know oh. how he actually functions. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's what I got from his sleep ring. Don't compete with Marlo in a half marathon if if you aren't there. <laughs> you have a bet with him. Yeah, thanks, John. John, I appreciate that. Yeah, no. Well, so just just to just to sort of talk about the ring, um, it it is quite an interesting thing, and I'd love to actually go into it at a, a later stage in a bit more depth. Um, but it's it's for it's for bio it's it's a biometric tracker, and it's called an aura ring. So you wear it on your finger, and it tracks your heart rate variability. It tracks your heart rate. It tracks the the quality of your sleep, the the length of your sleep. It tracks how much REM sleep you've had, how much deep sleep you've had. It it shows you a graph of when you've gone into those various different parts of your sleep cycle. It's fascinating, and I don't really know what to do with the information yet. But I think it's um I think it's definitely it's definitely a very very useful tool, and it's again I think it's it's a piece of technology that's also at the beginning of its um you know sort of experimental phase, if you could put it that way. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I was blown away with how much data it gave. Yeah, it's that's really awesome that you know people coming up with such cool things. And Absolutely. the first guy that said, "Let's make a ring that tracks your sleep." I'm sure his mom thought he was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you I'm gonna bring you back with a with a question here. Um, Do it. So. What I'd like to know from you, since you, since you, you obviously, you know, right at the right at the cutting edge of the of the Ethereum um, community, what are the coolest projects you've seen um, that might have come out of a hackathon or that you've you've come across, you know, diving down the wormhole? And what is your indication of of the growth of the Ethereum community as a whole? Um, I know it's a huge community, but I'd like to know from when you from when you got in to to where we are now, just in terms of the activity, the number of people, the the you know the social media presence, that type of thing. Is it is it is it growing, and, and is it growing super fast? And then obviously the cool projects. I'd love to hear some of the coolest projects you you've heard of. Awesome. So I'll I'll quickly start because this is a a much quicker one in the community. It's it's definitely growing, and part of that as well, um, why it's growing so rapidly is the technology is maturing, and there's a lot more tools out there. You know, two years ago, if you wanted to sort of be a developer on Ethereum. You know, Ethereum's a lot more brand new then. So the tooling hasn't advanced as much. You know, there's a lot more bugs. The experience isn't as easy. So someone who's who's coming in as a new developer, it's not as a, a friendly environment for them to actually get started. Whereas nowadays, there's more extensive documentation. And, you know, there's a lot of awesome tools. It's been around for longer. It's more stable. So, yeah, yeah it's it's getting way easier to work with. And it's it's getting cooler and there's cooler things being built on it for sure. And some of them are um, a big one and Uniswap V2 just launched. But mm. essentially Uniswap is a, you know, a decentralized exchange. So I'm sure a lot of you would have heard of, you know, uh, Luno, Bitrex, Binance. Yeah. These are all sort of, you know, exchanges where you send your money into them. And they sort of do all the bookkeeping and you have to trust that they don't do anything dodgy and then you get your coins back. But yeah. while it's with them, they could get hacked, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, mm. Uniswap is, is really cool. It's, it's fully decentralized. 
it's all run by code on the Ethereum blockchain, which is cool. And this code dictates all these interactions. So you don't have to worry about anyone because this code is there and it's, it's immutable. And if you want to change some, you know, Ethereum for another ERC20 token, you just send it to it and it sends it back to you and, and that's it. So that's cool. Wow. Um, another one, Marlo, we have to talk about. Yes. And, and this is cool, is Flash Loans. So this is about like Sorry, say that again. Flash Loans. Flash loans. Oh, okay. Flash loans. So this is yes, yeah. like yes, this yes, concept yes. about is is like maybe as new as from January. It's it's, it's very new. Wow. Okay. But essentially, awesome. you know, in the traditional world, if you if you want to loan some money, I want to loan a hundred thousand dollars. You're either going to have to put some collateral, maybe you know my mom's gold necklace, or you're going to have to you know put some form of trust. You're going to have to give all your documents. You're going to have to show your income statements. You know, I'm yes. able to pay this back. That's how loans function. Yep. Now, a flash loan lets you borrow as much as you want without okay. any collateral or checks. You can go borrow $10,000 without any okay. collateral or any checks. It's insane. How on earth but, does that work? Yeah, how on earth? How? But here's the caveat. <laughs> you Tell can me. only borrow that $10,000 literally for, they call it a flash loan because it's for under a second. As you borrow oh, the $10,000, wow. your code is essentially allowed to do a bunch of things with that $10,000. But then you have to return the $10,000 in the same block of code, essentially. So in the same, no in the same transaction. No. And how that then works wait. is if you don't return the $10,000 at the end, then everything will be reverted and the whole transaction will be rejected. So that's how you can borrow that you know, $10,000. fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really insane, man. And that's, wow. that's brought about okay. a whole lot of attacks sure. for projects like ours. There's another blockchain project we're building. But anyways, because now you can have <laughs> someone who can borrow $100,000, quickly enter into your system, do a bunch of things as a whale who's got a lot of capital, wow. then pay the money back. And, you know, he's just messed up your system. Okay. Now, so now just crazy. A, a question on that, because that, to me, yeah. that, that is a, that, what you've just explained there is, is a, re that is a revolutionary breakthrough in my mind. Like it's the insane. possibilities that, that come to mind are, are, are big. Not that, not that I've got anything in mind. So now that brings me to the question, what are people doing with it? So if, if, if I borrow, if I had a flash loan and I, and I applied for the yeah. flash loan and I own this, I own this $10,000 for a second. What could I do with it in that second yeah. to make it, you know, work for me? For sure. Some way. So there's a, there's a couple things. One of the biggest ones is arbitrage opportunities. So hmm. you quickly borrow $100,000. Yeah. You buy, I don't know, you buy with that $100,000 Ethereum on one exchange where it's slightly cheaper. And then your code goes to a second decentralized exchange and sells that $100,000 of Ethereum at now a slightly higher price because mm. the Ethereum is more expensive on that exchange. There's yep. a discrepancy in between the two exchanges, so an arbitrage opportunity. And then you end up with, say, I don't know, $102,000. You return the $100,000 you initially borrowed plus wow. a, a small flash loan fee of like 0.03% or whatever. And then you're left with like $2,000 of profit in literally like, zero seconds that basically. is fascinating 
Yeah, man. So it's it's insane. So that's it's really been a great tool to keep the price of assets consistent across all markets because people are using you know flash loans to, as you say, arbitrage the profits and and close these price discrepancies sure. across markets. Well, John, John, I, I think that's that's a topic that we can we can definitely dive into. We, I would like to actually have a, have a podcast dedicated to flash loans. Yeah, man, it's it's an it's insane. It's awesome. Let's let's do that. Do okay, it. so for for the sake of sticking to the timeline that that we've already gone way over, um, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it to the end, and I'm gonna end off with um with a little bit of trivia for you. So lovely. Firstly, no, question number one. Vitalik Buterin, is he a human? Is he a hybrid? Or is he something completely from another planet? Uh, <laughs> that, that's a great question, man. Because he um, is, yeah. Yes. He sticks to himself and he loves, man, He, I think he just froths to solve the world's problems. I think he is, he's not motivated by like money or anything at all. Like I've seen him at a lot of these hackathons. Yeah. He'll, he'll take out his laptop and it will be three in the morning and it will be like he's, I don't know what his mind's thinking about, but it looks really intense. Like, I sure. think he just loves to, you know, solve problems. And I think he's become very confident in himself that he can actually solve problems, which is absolutely which is awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing to see someone, you know, w- w- I mean, it, it just goes to show that one individual literally can light a match that that sets that starts a fire and i mean the fire is still in its infancy but i really really do believe that that what he's done is is going to change the the face of the earth forever totally and for those of you who don't know who this guy is he's the he's the founder of ethereum essentially or the the brainchild behind a lot of it yeah yeah okay so that's that's question that's question number one it was supposed to be it was supposed to be fun got deep let's try number two (laughs) Okay, number two. Um, what do you think Bitcoin is going to be worth in twenty thirty three? Oof, so that's thirteen years from now, hey? Yeah, that's a good guess. Thirteen years, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's either going to be worth a lot less or a lot more. I don't think it will be stable. I probably tend to say a lot less. I think as hmm. people become a bit more. Like a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but as people no, become a bit more educated your, as to yeah. the tech system of what it is and what other systems are out there and as it evolves, in my mind, it's going to be, you know, its value now is that the public knows what it is and they're familiar with it and they've seen it hold a lot of value. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not massively convinced. I mean, it's pretty bad at what it does. I think it's yeah. okay. it's worth a lot because it's you know it's got a name like anything else. Yeah, would. If yeah. You ask your mom what she knows about cryptocurrency; she's gonna say Bitcoin. Mm. It's synonymous with the public. Absolutely, that's an interesting answer. I wasn't expecting that to be honest. Um, okay, cool. And then question number three: If you were to take a bet, and um, and I'm gonna ask you how much ETH you would stake on this bet. If you were to Ooh. take a bet, who is gonna make? Who is gonna create the? the currency that's going to be used on Mars? Is it going to be Elon Ooh. or Jeff? <laughs> Elon or Jeff, how much would you stake? I think I'm going to have to say I'd stake two ETH, so about $400. Yeah. And I think I'm going to have to go with my man, 
Jeff on oh, this one. Interesting. Jeez. Yeah, interesting. We man, we, he's, <laughs> he's got distribution channels all around the world. He's going to be the first that's person has distribution channels on Mars. That's that. Yeah, that's going to Amazon be Prime delivery to Mars. Man. Yeah, no, three, three days shipping. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. Awesome, cool, John. John, thank you so so much for the for the time. Honestly, another amazing conversation as always with you. Um, super appreciated, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Awesome, Marlo. Me too, brother. Thank you so much for having me. That was Absolutely. And look, also looking forward to listening to many more of your interesting conversations. Thank you. Nice, nice, John. John, awesome. Take care. Out there. Take it easy. Will do. Stay safe. And um, oh, I know what was there, was there was actually there was a beautiful sign off. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> stay. What was it? Stay, stay positive. Test negative. No, test negative. Stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> test, 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 test negative. Stay positive. I'll leave you uh, with that. John, John, take awesome. care. Thank Thanks, you very much. For the, thanks very much for the chat. Hey, thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that session. I hope you learned something from it. And I hope you found it valuable in some way, shape or form. Uh, In the podcast description, I've included some links that will allow you to take a little bit of a deeper look into what John John is up to. And um, just a reminder, if you found it valuable, please share it with a friend or share it with someone who you think might find it valuable too. Uh, Thanks again, and I will see you on the next episode.